Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promise to bleep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan. what he would say <laughs> or something along those lines <laughs> yeah that's about right yeah oh uh, welcome everyone to the movie show with joel and ryan yay we're so happy to be speaking into your ear holes <laughs> i'm joel on a very important trip and i'm ryan and I'm Michael. Hey. And I just managed to just screw everything up here. And you can't tell. The show is still working. Maybe this is just how it has to be. But now I have a a pop-up window that like is trying to get me to upgrade to something. And we, you and I got all out of order. And I couldn't find my thing. Luckily, that song, I have it set to shut off automatically. So it didn't just start playing <laughs> the next song. Um, the producers, by the way, Shishila, still... One of the greatest days of my life was the day I got the email from um, the, one of the fellows who wrote that and is playing that awesome bass line on it. And he said, uh, yeah, you can, let's do it. Use the song, man. Way to go. C- far out. You know, and I was like, ah, yeah. was it a big was it a big to do to get the rights? Like, to ha- did you have to have it like writing or anything? Well, I shouldn't we shouldn't talk too much about the gory details, Michael. That's it. That no, is a really, really good question. Um, it's not available uh, through it was they were on um, Portrait Records, which was a subsidiary of Epic Records, which was a subsidiary okay. of Columbia Records, which is now owned by Sony. And you couldn't go get them. So what I did was I reached out to the band personally and at at what I thought was their booking agency, which is actually a couple of them, and just got their permission. And Sony hasn't given us too much trouble and YouTube hasn't given us too much trouble. And because I have the email from Lou, I feel like I I did everything I could to to do this properly, you know, so. Well, it's kind of signature now. You can't be without it. It'd be tough to, I mean, we could, we could just do whatever, but it, it, I love the producers. I love, you know, new wave and they're not really, they dressed new wave cause they're, it's 1982 after all, but they, they're more of a power pop band. They're closer to like cheap trick than Devo or something. Right. Right. And yeah. And I, and I like to talk about them whenever I can, cause the producers are so cool. They only have two albums really that you can find easily and they're, both just filled to the brim with really fun, super catchy, hooky, and well played. Like I mean, I'm songs even like that, so. all the exposure I had to you in college, all the music and movies and stuff you introduced me to. I'm not familiar with them other than hearing your theme song. Yeah, well, they wouldn't when we were in college. They wouldn't have had a CD out. I'd have had to have a oh, turntable okay. in the dorm or or to yeah. have an actual cassette from the early '80s to have played <laughs> them for you. So got it. 
Um, the producers, as a matter of fact, they're one of those bands that they had a hit, couple of hit songs that, that she, Sheila, unfortunately, and criminally is not one of them. That was a single and has a fun video on YouTube that you can go watch. Um, and it's a great tune, but they had a couple other hits called, uh, uh, what is it? What, what he, what he's, what you, I can't remember now. I can't even remember what it's called. What he's got, I ain't got. Or what I've got, he ain't got. I got you. That's what I got. That's what I got. It's a really, really fun song. Um, and then there's another one too from their debut album. Both little minor top forty hits. Um, and like I said, a couple of videos. It's great. They're not a very photogenic band, but the their cover of their first <laughs> album is they're sitting on these directors' chairs. And they're really, really tall, like, you know, director's chairs like you'd had on a set, like they're the producers, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the joke. And they're just kind of sitting there, like with their legs crossed casually watching the movie be made or whatever. It's it's cool. And they're very cool. Their second album uh, is like some sort of building is on fire or something. It's it's that one's kind of ugly. So not a care. very photogenic thing. No, I mean, no offense um. to them. We're not a very photogenic uh it took me an Podcast, hour to put so this our, look together. So, <laughs> so our our that's I think that explains why our YouTube views <laughs> are. Really high. I think we are better in audio form. You know, video killed the radio star. That's not bullshit. That really is. That really is true. And even though they're very much an MTV era band, and because they made videos when in a time when Van Halen and Foreigner and stuff weren't making videos, they got on MBTV a lot. That's really where their legacy lived. Um, but they could have fallen by the wayside, but something wonderful happened. We were all there for it. And in like the late nineties, you know, VH1 become a purely a nostalgia machine and um, reissue, you know, they put out all the big hits on CDs. So CDs started getting reissued with all the little minor hits and the things that, people might be yearning for in much, much smaller numbers by boutique yeah. labels and stuff. And so, you know, that was a super happy time. And now we live in the streaming era when nobody makes any money for anything and everybody's unhappy and on strike, everything's yeah. free and everybody's rebuilding their record collections. Michael's one of these guys, although I don't get too down on Michael. He buys a new record once in a blue moon. You basically thrift shop old records, yeah. which is, yeah. Which is very environmentally cool. It's recycling. Well, it's, I, I enjoy more than anything. I enjoy the hunt. You know, it's yeah. the what good things are you to find. You know, I'm waiting to find Phantom of the Paradise. That's like my new. Good luck. But like, if you order it online, <laughs> it's like you're in the hundreds of dollars. So uh -huh. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's talk movies, yeah. man. Hey, let's it do might it. Show up. Yeah. What are we here for? If you joined uh, us last week uh, when Joel was here, Joel and I did a really fun loose. Uh, um, show about legacy sequels, their benefits of which they have some and their pitfalls of which they all have kind of the same ones. Yeah. And I teased at the end of that show, if you were listening, that, that we had another show coming up about a couple legacy prequels. Right. Um, and that it was going to be, and Joel, you could see this, if you go back and watch him, if you want, so look at the smile on his face, because he knows that show is going to be chaos and disaster with those two guys <laughs> who can't, cannot find their butt with both hands, and he's right. sort of right, I've already screwed up the whole thing, I hope it 
looks good on the cloud. It's recording still. Yeah, yeah, it's working. So but that's it, something. It's like, what the hell? What happened? All I did was like nothing, and it just got all weird. So uh, you can see my face just got brighter because now I'm looking for the deep dive theme because we're going to do a deep dive into a couple of prequels that we promised long ago. Um, in the Alien series, it was was it a was it a year ago or two years ago we were talking I think about two those. years we did the the Alien films. Yeah, time flies, Michael. Klug. Yeah, what is up yep. with the world? I don't know. It's mid June. That's all I know, and it's insane. It's just too fast. Well, this is the anniversary, uh, some anniversary of the release of these. These were both June is busting out oh, all okay. over films. And not that that means much to me, but it's also the anniversary, two years of our giant alien show, which got us an exclusive um, interview with Charles de la Zurica, which was one yep. of my favorite shows of all time. And he'll come up a little bit here when we're talking about Prometheus. That was one of the last things he worked on um, with uh, Scott Free. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. We're going to do a deep dive into Ridley Scott's Return to the Alien franchise, the prequels Prometheus and Alien Covenant and a couple of their assorted little um, things on the side. Here it goes. Michael and Ryan, it's supposed to be alphabetical order. Oh, on my okay. screen, Michael is on top of me. That probably is not how we're side are. by side in my screen. So I know I changed everything. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> it, it's. I mean, I don't mean to. I don't want to lament Joel's being missing, but here's where you guys are really gonna miss Joel. Maybe I'll do a good job of this. We'll see. But. Joel does a really, really amazing job, and he doesn't get enough credit for it, so we'll just credit him for it while he's here. Because his sense of humor, obviously his his cosplay is top-notch. <laughs> um, you know, where would we be without that? And, and his just sort of master of ceremonies voice and attitude is really, really great. Neither Agreed. Michael nor I have those particular superpowers at all. Oh, I can do <laughs> Michael's got some Michael's got some cosplay too that he could do for you, but he, we, I don't think he has to date. Well, I have this a little something, something. That's it. Yeah. No, uh, no little guys from Prometheus, though. I would. No, imagine. I didn't want to dig them out. I don't. Ha I don't think I even got. I'm, I'm sure there were Prometheus figures, and I'm sure there were probably Covenant figures, but mm. I we'll we'll get to that later. Like uh, my my revisits. The collectibles. Well, the no the my exposure to Prometheus oh, because sure. um, yeah, uh, it was only the second time I'd seen it. And uh, well, as you yeah. know, these deep dives are, we're supposed to go through the films in order, Correct. say what they are and then respond to what they are in little bite-sized pieces. And everybody is yep. like watching the movie. Sometimes it's even longer than the movie because we're just that insightful. 
Um, <laughs> so this I would say we're that, won't ner- be longer we're that than the nerdy. Movie. They will be yeah. half the length of each movie ish. Um, but yeah, we're starting out with Prometheus. I don't have any vital statistics in front of me, so I don't remember the. I don't remember what year that came out, but not 2012. That, 2012. Yeah. So, uh, so there is a vital statistic for you. And, and I'll say my first exposure with, and then I'll let you tell yours. Um, you know, I was, we were all excited that, um, Ridley Scott was going to make another Mm -hmm. alien movie. He had always promised in interviews and had always questioned the sequels Aliens, which I think he respects, although even that sequel, I think he, when he, you hear him talk about it, I think he begrudges it quite a bit. But I mm. do think he respects it. I think Cameron has been very, very careful in praising the original and praising Scott throughout all of his discussions of being part of the Alien franchise. And so I think those two guys get along because I think they see themselves as a cut above the company. And I think that they, yeah, I think that's. All respect to David Fincher and Frenchy Frencherson. It, I think that is correct. <laughs> Baptiste, is it? Was it Baptiste? Am I it's thinking of that right? John Pierre. Like yeah, I mean, I I kind of don't. I even of the deep dives we did previously, that one just not to mention the Strauss exist. brothers and P. W. Anderson. Who? Yeah. Paul Anderson's made some movies that I think are okay, but I just. Ugh. And he he made a pretty good looking and pretty big budget feeling Alien versus Predator movie on a very very small budget. So he he Which he one threw did himself he do, into it. He just he's just not the on the same level, you know. Yeah, and that's why we skipped those and went right to these because these, despite their issues, and there are a <laughs> myriad of issues with Prometheus a galaxy and Covenant, of symptoms. Yeah, a galaxy of symptoms. Agreed. Uh there's. They are a cut above the rest. I mean, they they're they really do feel like, well, okay, this is at least a event film style, you know, prestige movie. There's there's the yeah. visual, the budget, the location shooting, the effects, the designs of <laughs> stuff, the cast. Uh, you know, even though some of them are truly set adrift in these films, they they're still for the most part very very top notch. There's no. I don't well, want I mean, to say I, there's I mean, no we'll bad in. acting in it, but there's no bad actors in these. I'll just say that. Well, no, and, but the yeah. go ahead. No, go. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's like, but the it's such a um, exactly what you said. It's like I, I mean, I didn't know a lot of the people in Covenant. I think you're right. I think we're going to be all over the damn place. But anyway, yeah, yeah. can't um, be helped. <laughs> is that I didn't recognize any of the names. Not that I'm opposed to unknowns, you know, but it's. I don't know. There's, there's a certain bring that level. up in the background because there, there's, there, there's well, some I mean, big Fast stars Bender in that film. Um, and, uh, Billy Crudup, right? I mean, that's kind of the two names. Who? Well, Billy uh, Crudup and, and Fassbender. That's kind of it. Yeah. The guy who plays Tennessee is really famous. Uh, oh, right, a, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Catherine Waterston was really, really hot at the time. And Carmen Ajogo and, and Damien Belcher, there are people in there. Yeah. They're not superstars, but that's, I think that's in in um, in keeping with what all of these films were at the time, you know. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I kind of go back and you know con- to compare, like Prometheus. I mean, there's legit big names in there. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, a, a couple um, for sure. But it's uh, 
I don't know if it's just that they bring, because I think there's the, do they bring the baggage of their past career or do they bring in like this level of familiarity and quality that you know you're going to probably get something? Because I kind of disagree with the covenant. Some of the, although some of it's just in the writing that, you know, they're not given anything to do, but they're they're not as intriguing. And I I compared that to like aliens. I mean, there's a ton of unknowns in the military contingent but they're so interesting, well-drawn, unique. And I don't know if that's because I know the movie so well. Um, no, I mean, there it isn't. It, they're that way the first time you watch Aliens. And it's 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 because the writing in Aliens is way, way better than, than in these. And it is it, it does happen in the writing. I believe that. But look, Prometheus, first thing, Ridley Scott's yeah. making an Alien movie. He's going to make yep. it about the... Uh, Space jockey race and like engineers, ah, yeah. We've all again to go back to just last week. It's be careful what you wish for, because we, we all want to know more about that guy. But yeah. do we really? <laughs> did we? I mean, well, you got to ask yourself. Sometimes those mysteries are so cool, precisely because they're mysteries and they spark the imagination. I will just say that Prometheus trailer two for Prometheus is the, one of the greatest movie trailers that I've ever seen in my life. It, 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 it looks so good. This film has so many great visual money shots in it that, yeah. that you can edit a trailer out of it with a voiceover. And it just is, it just uh, it excites you to the degree that you just think it's going to be amazing. And then the yeah. reviews started rolling out and they were lukewarm pretty much. They were, yeah, eh, is all right, but it doesn't. And I was just like, that can't be, that trailer is the greatest thing ever. This is they're talking about the creation of, of mankind and what creation really means and and how creativity when you zoom in on it is really destruction and it's got all these huge godlike themes and biblical yes. references and yeah. I'm just like it's got to be great. That sounds like the smartest coolest movie ever. There's no there's not a single xenomorph in the whole trailer, thank God. I mean, yeah. I'm with Ridley at the time on that. He believed haven't we I mean, I know that's what the series sort of is, but haven't we been burned out on that guy a little bit? Aren't isn't he getting not scary because of this overexposure, overexposure. in these other films? Yeah. Yeah. So, let's we're like the promise was we'll get to that, but let's start here with these guys. And Prometheus starts <coughs> with a ritual, some weird, like heavy, uh, um, it with this Icelandic pre-mortal Earth, mm -hmm. maybe or some other planet background. Um, it's kind of funny because John Spates wrote this script where all this stuff is spelled out very clearly, and then, uh, like he does for many of his films, sometimes to great effect, Ridley brought in an outside writer to just do put his ideas in the script so that he didn't have to script anything. And that yeah. writer was Damon Lindelof. And it, it right. the whole thing got Lindelof a little bit in yeah. that the Ridley's like, well, maybe it's not earth. It doesn't matter if it is or it isn't. Maybe it's not LV 426. Maybe it's LV something else. Yeah. Um, you know, they, these were all things they decided kind of when they were filming, which is not the time to be sorting this out. So it, <laughs> it, so the film space film has this very 
putting the pieces together and building to the crash of the derelict ship and the and then it, as it waits for the Nostromo crew to discover it and it still has all that in it that stuff hasn't been taken out but it's been picked apart in the details to the point that it's it is isn't is it that or is it not that it's, anymore it's not LV426 that it is not on. officially okay canonically yeah. but maybe they you know, again, he leaves it open. He well, shows the, he, you. He established the fact that there are multiple ships. So obviously, LV 426 is a different location. Yeah, but the multiple ships are buried. So who knows what our intrepid original crew saw in Alien? We don't really yeah. know. That crashed ship really could be that ship. They could have redesignated the planet. It, 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 you just don't know. It, it has a big single ringed. Um, gas giant that it's orbiting. I'm like everything about it is LV426, except that, right. except that when we see it on the computer, it isn't. Nobody it's notice. Like nobody two three three. Yeah, I think. yeah. Nobody calls yeah. it that. You'll notice because in the script, until it wasn't, it was that. Interesting. I wonder why. You know what LV stands that... for? I just found out prior to the no, show. No, what is it? Life viable. I like that. It That's is very nice. cool. Yeah, life viable. <laughs> it has the no, right conditions for maybe why, not our lives, but life of some kind. I mean, one of one of the issues I had, just kind of over a broad look at both films, is that it didn't quite connect as I wanted it to, to where we start off with the Nostromo. Yeah, and so the fact that it is that LV two three three, and I I agree with you. Yeah, it could have been redesignated, whatever. But it's like that just seems like. Why leave that to the audience to make that determination? Yeah, exactly. And like I say in all these reviews that we do, that is that may be possible, but that is not an evidence in the movie. So it's not a thing. I know, it's but just why? A, I'm curious. Just a why fan they thing. Just where, you make know. It. Why wouldn't they just make it obvious? Because as I'm watching Prometheus uh, two days ago for the only the second time, I'm watching you know the wreck happen yeah. and everything. I know we're getting ahead. I know, like you said, no, no, but be, the. It, it, how it connects like, to the movie or how it doesn't is it, it isn't the one or the falls, other. It, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's in the it's position. Weird. Yeah. You know, it's in the position that we first see it. And then when we revisit an aliens in the director's cut, you see it. So it, it's, but it's that same thing we talked about when we were doing Thunderdome. Is it the gyro captain or is it not? Why not just make a choice as the director and the filmmaker and be like, this is, it is, it is. Why I mean, I don't. I don't think this is the place for to be esoteric and let me leave it up to the audience. Yeah, I yeah, don't, yeah. No, I'm because if you. you're if you're going back to prequels to establish the legend and where did this all come from, then do it. Don't leave things up to our imagination. It doesn't make sense to me. Or that's or don't leave us to do me. the complicated continuity engineering on our own yeah. and to see well. You know, one of the, I'm I read about this movie constantly. I don't know why it's weird Prometheus, but I mean, there's this whole fan theory. There's nothing in the movie that suggests this. There's this oh, whole I'm fan theory curious, that the yeah. security guys were all hired by a substandard firm so that they wouldn't actually get in the way of the corporate agenda that we find out is sort of behind the entire mission, right? Close to the end of the thing, and that the that the scientists are stupid for that reason. And I'm just like, you know, okay. I mean, that makes it make some sort of sense but it it we we meet meredith vickers played by uh charlize theron in this film and she claims that she's actually hired these people she's right. uh 
she expects to profit by and survive this mission big time at, mm-hmm. at, at, at any expense. And it's hard to believe that she'd be like, well, let's just get some losers here. And yet, Michael, this is where the film, this is where it really starts getting weird. It, this film is full of losers who deserve to die. I have a sound cue for that. But that's a, but that's a cliche in a lot, a lot of movies. I want to start with, we should start with Numi Rapace and, Logan Marshall Green, who we see in a really beautifully shot and magical yes. yeah. prologue uh, on the Isle of Skye in Scotland, discovering mm-hmm. this mural that they've... It's really neat. It's just such a cool idea that these murals are all over the earth yeah, from, from hundreds of years apart and yeah. from civilizations, they, to use their words, that were completely isolated and could not yeah. have been touched by each other. And they show these engineers pointing away to a very clearly similarly shaped yeah, star similar, system. Yeah. And that's that's what's made them go off on this incredible mission. And we see another thing that we're talking about is we see the lone android on the mission played really brilliantly by Michael Fassbender. Yes. David yeah. uh, Fassbender. I mean, he's just so good to begin with, but his... This is where all these little character nuggets that could be annoying all seem to work with David. And I don't know if it's the performance or if it's just that the movie spends the time, his obsession with Peter O'Toole and Lawrence of Arabia and his, we see him doing his hair yeah. that way and everything. And I, I well, it's, it's very, um, I love efficient. that. Cause I always thought Peter O'Toole was, a, was an Android. Honestly, I really did believe that. So it, <laughs> It's no, a, but it's 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 a wonderfully efficient and again revisiting this uh, just very quickly. When I first saw it, yeah. not long after its release, I did not like it. I did not like it, well, and I think because I went in thinking, "Oh my God, Ridley Scott's back with an alien movie." Yeah, yeah. But this this second revisit just two nights ago, I was very impressed. Like I was very engaged. I was, and I think it's because my expectations were like, "It's not yeah, an alien." Yeah, with that that heightened expectations that the movie doesn't live up to. If you take those out of the picture, there's a ton to admire. Moment there's an, to it's moment an interesting it. I, I story, totally but I love the beginning of uh, David wandering in the ship and we're getting a lot of information. They're obviously pulling from the original alien, just the, you know, walking the ship and kind of seeing what's going on. Yep. But I love the fact that you get an introduction to uh, his obsession with uh, Dr. Shaw, Numi Rapace's character. Yeah, he, he has carries, got this apparatus that allows him to look films. to look in on her dreams. Yeah, but, but it carries through to both films. I think that's so fascinating that you made this thing that actually w- 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 wove its way all the way through both. Yep. And I, I'm wondering how much that was planned. You know, because well, it's it, like it, that's... it wasn't, but it. Well, by the time you get to the next film, they made sure that they connected all those dots whilst making a completely different kind of movie, which yeah, that's if there's a magic to covenant, that would be it. It would be that yeah. this really does tie together and they are still in a totally different envelope, exploring the same big ideas, which is kind of neat. Yeah. But that Shaw, her dream with a little cameo from Patrick Wilson, who Patrick was, Wilson, she grew yeah. up the daughter of a pair of missionaries. Um, and there is somewhere an unnamed African nation, and and her father missionary is is uh, anthrop. We learn just a very brief time in this dream, this memory that he's very anthropologically sound missionary, which they aren't all that. 
Yeah. But they, they're having some sort of death ritual going on in the background. And she's like, well, why aren't we helping them? And he goes, they don't want our help. <laughs> That's yeah, what he says. Yes. And they have a religious discussion about what basically the afterlife and, and you know, it's interesting as with her as a little girl. And, and she says, well, how can you know that? How can you prove that? She's got a scientific mind. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. it's, he can't. It's, he, he uses the term that she brings up later. It's just what I choose to believe. And yeah, David is, I, you, you don't, I don't necessarily get the sense that he's obsessed with her, but he's watching her dream and she is dreaming memories very conveniently for the movie. It's not very dreamlike, yeah. but, yeah. but it's neat. All there's sci-fi ideas happening here and there's lots of stuff and we don't really come back to the, to the dreams part or whether this is a violation. I think if it was a real violation, they wouldn't just have the dream interpreter helmet just sitting there next to their little cryo chambers and stuff. Right. Like that. Right. So it's, but he he man, manipulates her. She's not easy to be manipulated, yeah, Doctor Shaw. But she manipulates her with the information that he gleans from her relationship with her father, who she clearly loves with her whole heart, and well, takes think, after. And that's uh, an interesting Numi, moment in the film that gets glossed over to quite a bit. I kind of think Numi repaces because I um, I'm curious why she didn't super take off. I think she's really she's got a very interesting look, almost like. Elwood said he's, she's got a very alien look. Like it's not a normal yeah. face. That sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? It's, it's a unique uh, facial structure, well, the, but I think she's a really Numi, good actor. Prior well. to this was the, obviously was her breakout stuff was in a Swedish, the Swedish uh, girl with the dragon tattoo films. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So internationally, she's a huge star actually. Um, but she's got an accent. I mean, it's little things. And Prometheus, here's a big movie that she was asked to carry that wasn't that big a hit. Uh, she still stars in all kinds of interesting movies. So she's out there carrying the load for films. It's not like she disappeared. It's no, that no, the no, films like, that she's doing are not the... I mean, I reviewed some horror film a few years ago that she was the lead. You know, and Obviously a kind of lower budget thing, but... I did, I was very intrigued by her. I don't remember being as taken with her the first time I saw the she's film, a, but this time I was yeah. really interested. She's a fantastic actor and and a really well-drawn character, which brings us to the characters that are not so well-drawn that I have to discuss yeah. before we get too into the meat and bones of this as we're halfway into our allotted Prometheus time. <laughs> um but there's this, there, there, and I'll just, matter of fact, I'll just knock this out of the park. We'll get a little out of order and we'll see how this works. So I'm going to tell, take you through these two cats' journey through the film. Um, I can't remember their names, but they're played by Sean Harris and Rafe Spall. And one of them is a, a zoologist. Oh, these are the two that are stuck in the... Yeah, the first time we meet them, it's, they're coming out of cryo and they're all, they're getting their breakfast and they sit down and, and Rafe sits down. He's, Rafe's got this really fun hoodie that he hides behind as a character yeah. thing. Um, they, these guys are both really, really good actors. They've been exceptionally good in other things and they are absolutely kind of awful in Prometheus. And it really is, it's not, I'm not just going to blame Lindelof, although it's just classic Lindelof character missteps which is to just throw junk at the guys and see what the actors do with it instead of instead of making them people um he sits down in front of uh sean harris who's another really good actor he's a geologist the studies rocks and formations and minerals and such 
And he says, uh, yeah, uh, it's, I don't know what he says, really cold or this food sucks. Yeah. Or, small talk. And R- R- Rafe, uh, or and Sean Harris's character immediately says, I'm not here to be your friend, okay? Yeah. I'm here for the money. Yeah. And it's just well, like... It's, and, it's, it's manufactured drama. Correct. Like there's nothing to support it. And I mean, it feels like they're kind of twofold. They're, they're harking back to the aliens coming out of cryogenic, you know, the hypersleep. It's all mm-hmm. very similar. I mean, it's the same yeah. kind of banter. We've been through this routine bravado. before, for sure. Yeah. Right. And then it's also then the same thing of uh, setting up Parker and Brett from the original film. Right. It's like, it's this, it's, it's, I, it's funny because I didn't think about it until you brought this up, but it was so manufactured to me and it didn't, you know, make contact as we're watching it. But looking back, I'm like, God, it's terrible. Well, and, and it's then, not even consistent with the original script. These guys are. For, bless, for lack of a better term, under the circumstances, buddies, 10 minutes of storytelling from now. They're yeah. in lockstep. They're together. They're joking together. They believe yes. in the same sorts of things. Like, so that I'm not going to be your friend. It's just, it's, it does it's them lazy. such a stupid disservice. We If we allow them to become people in front of our eyes, instead of insisting they become this kind of character in front of our eyes. Yeah. That we can follow their journey with some sort of verisimilitude, but we can't because these guys, first of all, you've got a guy who's in charge of mapping the, the installation that they find. And he's the guy who gets lost. That doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, you've got the guy who's into the animals and stuff that when a space Cobra shows up, which is, he wants to, yeah, which is demonstrating all of the, that we all know intrinsically, whether posture. we know it, academically or not it's it's yes. displaying all the yes. characteristics of an animal that's being threatened and about to attack no, but can... it wasn't it wasn't even the fact that he did it once then but he didn't he said like it's okay baby like four times i'm like no it's like the first it's time not okay maybe. you're totally effed we've seen this movie before how can you we who work with creatures in nature not see what's going on here. It's just This is something I wanted to address about both films is that these professionals, they're so poorly drawn in order to put them, the characters into danger. These are professional scientists, uh, semi-military security men, and they all fall apart within three seconds. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't compute because I look back, of course, I compare everything to the first two films. Like sure. Aliens, they're military. They take a long time to fall apart. Yeah. And, the, and in that situation, the, like the, it's extreme what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. I'll buy it. Yeah. You know, the original crew of the Nostromo. And they don't even all fall apart. Them. Only really one or two of them do. Everyone exactly, else fights the good fight to the doesn't, end. It doesn't instill confidence or... Again, even if you're given so little, like, again, Drake is an interesting character. I want to see him succeed. I'm bummed when he's gone. But these people, I don't care about any of you. And it's because you're all whiny and you should be in a situation where it would take a little more for you to fall apart. Yeah. But you're exactly right. The dude that's the mapper, how are you lost? And how is how are you lost? They get it. They get a let's leave the installation head start on everybody else, and they never get out. Even though, like I said, he's got the 
mapping software, those little guys that map the thing, those, those are, are really cool. cool. Yeah. Those are super cool. Yeah, I mean, they, like I say, every time something stupid happens, something really cool also happens. It's a strange movie that way. The holograms of the engineers, like, panicking yeah. when, when they're losing control of their ship is really Which neat. Which I still don't quite understand why. Is that meant to be something to direct people to the cockpit? Is that what it's supposed to be? Well, that's what it ends up being, I guess, is a plot mechanism, but what it's showing, it, what it's doing for us and for some of the characters in the stories it's planting the seed that you know these guys live on the edge with these things that they create or these things that they allow that things that they encourage through their technology through their 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 evolved minds that they allow to create themselves essentially they you yeah. get the impression that the engineers don't know what these different cocktails are going to produce but that they don't care they go from planet to planet they sacrifice themselves literally we've seen it with our own eyes yeah. vividly to create stuff to make stuff happen in the universe to make new life spring forth and new things come about and yeah. nature the film shows us a very nature through a microscope is a very scary very predatory very destructive thing and yeah. and that's they don't think much of that other than the fact that you can tell that their creation or something has gotten out of hand. A yeah, little well, bit, we, we failed it. here. Move on to the next one. But I, I want to. I'm very curious. They didn't give it any um, closure in the second in the second covenant. You know, the whole idea of of Doctor Shaw wanting to understand why they her, were headed back. Her not being involved in that film outside some voiceover work and a little tiny scene that they did is, is shameful. I think. Well, it would have been interesting. It's, but it, I mean, I'm it's assuming super there were contract issues. And it, it's, it's shameful that she's just not involved in it. Even no, in we flash... don't get we don't get that closure of any kind. I think that's the big question. Right. Why were they coming back? Fan, to the fanboys out there didn't like Prometheus. They wanted more xenomorphs and neomorphs and protomorphs. I mean, and I they, did too. And they, yeah. and they were trying to give the audience what they thought they wanted. And it turns out they didn't want that either. So it's... Kind of funny, but kind of sad at the same time. No, I mean, I, I, what I most enjoyed about Prometheus this time is I do feel it's a little, a little more highbrow. I oh mean, yeah, you know, and I think that maybe that's part of the thing that turned me off. But I, I was really engaged, and like you were talking about some of the religious um, discussions and all these things. It's yeah, it's fascinating. You it's, can track. Really, I mean, if yeah. you really want to dig deep into it, uh, they, she keeps asking. These she finds out. Dr. Shaw throughout this that that um yeah even even Charlize Theron's Oscar winner really really good actor even in crap she tends to be pretty good she's so bad in this because her character is just no. so single-minded and lame well, it's it's kind of unnecessary the the revelation of her relationship with uh Waylon you know it I don't I mean, it's, it doesn't need to be a revelation. It's just, you just say that from the start. It's not. It doesn't make us go, what? It well, just makes us point. go, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. It, because, I mean, obviously then we know, like you said, her one-mindedness. She just wants to take over his empire. That's it. More well, that than that. Been... The movie actually does more than that, and it's still not enough. It, she wants to be accepted and appreciated by him. And yeah. in a way that she isn't, and she's very, very, a very angry and bitter person because of that. Because she's, yeah. she's like all the girls that we've known. She's like the Hillary Clinton of the movie. Essentially, she sat there in the first row, taking notes, making plans, doing all the work, 
you know, knowing what the right thing is, the right way, understanding yeah. the process. Like she's done everything that she's supposed to do. And along comes Obama with his charm and just gets to be president. And it's, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the, that's the guy that's in us her, that are like, we mindset. kick back, yeah. we chill out, we draw cartoons instead of notes. And because the world is yeah. our oyster and the world's run by guys, you know, and yeah. that even he call is hologram. Guy Pierce plays uh, Wayland in it in a yeah. hologram. Great makeup he, on him, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Weird that we have a younger actor that we only see in old age makeup, but that pay, <laughs> that that's always it's weird. Off. It pays off in the second part. It does, know. and it was supposed to pay off a little in this. And there's a really neat prequel. There's a TED talk with his character in his prime that came out on YouTube, like with this. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. That's it's fun. fun. I mean, it's just a Ted talk with Waylon talking about the bright new future and how, B which know. by the way, I had this question. Maybe, you know, the answer, when did it become Wayland Yutani? Uh, Waylon ran into, I mean, I, there's the whole story is out there so you can find it. This is just the quick version, but Waylon company ran into issues um, financial issues and the Utani Corporation came in cor so, kind of and saved them. Um, and there's a whole, like, what each, the function of each company is and whatever. There's a whole thing about I, this. I love that that information is out there. Like, yeah. the, <laughs> it's so nerdy and wonderful. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I was always... Wayland was primarily a robotics and an, and an android and an artificial intelligence firm and the the big Utani's more about the the uh, planet. Utani Corporation wants to use the the all that all those computing and mechanical tools to basically just exploit the resources of the universe. Essentially, well, I'm curious. So they're more of the terraforming and the mining yeah. operations and all that stuff. Well, I don't remember what, uh, obviously Bishop is an important part of the company. I'm trying to remember how was he in uh, Alien versus Predator? How was he, uh, was he the head of the company at that point? He was, but that's okay. all just, I don't know. I just was curious. Anyway, that's, yeah. that's canon. We have to deal with that, but I'd rather not. That's boring and stupid and just stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> it's this. What we have here is how you do it smartly. That doesn't. And, it, and in the end, it didn't make for a great movie. But the relationship between father and son, creator and creation. I mean, all that is happening. Yeah, yeah. The we want Lance Hendrickson back. So you know, even Alien Three doesn't call him out by name or make him yeah. anything. It leaves it a little left there because the more you explain it, the dumber it's going to be. And by the time you get to Alien and Predator, it's dumb that's dumb that's also dumb that is also dumb uh lance he's he's a good guy and he glides through that stuff but it's just all stupid so i don't want to get into it but yeah prometheus god doesn't paint in straight lines they find this installation they find the engineers they find yep. they even find a, a cockpit with us with us uh, or what we know is a cockpit. We, there's not a big seat in the center of it, but we get to see that later. That, oh, that's so grand. That wordless holographic 3D scene where uh, David, the android, finds the cockpit and activates yes. it is really, really good. Deserves a much, much better movie. It's so... The, uh, the music... Yes, the, all just all of it. It's just uh, stunning. I 
Yeah, I mean, it's I was I was very taken with this this screening there, and I think it is the the relationships which weren't too heavy handed. You know, the the potential that David is, like you said, maybe not obsessed, but is interested in Shaw, and and so there's there's it, there's so many good things in here that it, it's irritating he, that he respects her clearly. Yes, and it's but it's the fact that for both films, whereas there's not a lot of respect for her boyfriend and and you can feel that in the he's scene an idiot that character's stupid yeah just, well he comes all this way to find these things and finds them and because he and can't it, talk to a, them he loses his mind in in depression and frustration and that's but we can't understand that it makes no sense it, it is terrible and the actor does the best he can with that switch but it it's stupid because it's just a bad idea to from the get-go the flight well, I mean, crew idris alba has to do something really serious and interesting and we don't see him as a serious person ever until that happens there is some deleted material that helps get him there that it, they pulled out of the movie and um and his and again benedict wong and immune elliott the guys who are working under like him two lines yeah, those guys are written in this way that they're the guys who bet on everything. Like, that's the character work that was done here. They have lots of bets, and at the end, they yeah, have a joke yeah. about a bet. Yeah, before that's, sacrificing. That doesn't cut it. If that's all you're going to bother with, leave it out. Leave it out and let us decide who they are. Because those it's, little it, yeah. character-building movie stereotype things aren't helpful. They are not helpful. They bring this movie down at almost every level, well, I, even high level, but definitely I, these I low agree. level characters. I agree, Ryan, but the, the issue with both films and in Prometheus, since we're in that, it's I don't, I can't tolerate, and, if, and you know I've been brought up in horror, so I'm used to characters making stupid choices, but hey, it's so Kane easy. Kane is one of the them. stupidest characters ever, and yet we're given the minimum amount to know about him to know why he's doing what he's doing exactly. and we don't sit there and judge him we're with them no. isn't that fascinating because these people going in and looking at the drums the pseudo eggs with no gloves they take their masks off because taking the, like, taking the helmets off just, is the dumbest scene in the whole movie in fact because I you're like it's you no, just because you can just because there's oxygen here doesn't mean you couldn't breathe something terrible which the second movie We'll get Shows. to it. Demonstrates, but you're, you're not safe just because the, there's um just because your lungs can function. You're not even vaguely safe. So there's no the quarantine. They treat that like a joke. They treat all the science like a joke. The religious and philosophical discussions, though, are interesting. And I want to say are. one more thing about that before we run out of time. We got a little more time, but before we run out of time for Prometheus, you can sit there and do the math. And I love this about Prometheus. She says, Shaw becomes obsessed with why, why did they change our minds? This is a, these are bombers yeah. and they're coming to our planet. You can tell from these holograms to, to, yep. to wipe us out. They, if they created us and they reached out to all these different civilizations through the years, why, what did we do yes. that pissed them off that made them want to get rid of us? And if you follow the timeline, the, it they it le the film really cleverly leaves enough clues for you without telling you this. Um, if time debt involved and where they are when this decision happened and when these guys were about to take off before something got to them and delayed their mission, yeah, the, it lines up perfectly with the crucifixion of Christ historically. 
Really? That's that's what we did to piss off the aliens. <laughs> it's really okay, well, okay. I know we have to move on to Covenant, but I how where does this come? It's from? in I mean, the I... timeline. You it's it, you somebody smarter than me. I apologize. I'm just telling you guys to go find this. It's there. It's in there. It's right around your zero ad or whatever that this is all about to happen that when they turn their backs on humanity not only that because they turn their backs on everybody these engineers are not to be admired just because they're creators they're just got these really complicated destructive chemistry sets and they're just letting it loose in the universe like that you was know, it's that was something very shocking to me when they awoke the the hypersleep one and then he turned i wasn't expecting i didn't what? remember that he and again that scene was longer it was we could, deleted scenes from Prometheus. Let's just talk about each of them. There's four of them that would make the movie instantly better. It not it wouldn't solve all the movie's problems, but these yeah. four scenes would make them better. That's one of them. The first one though is the opening ritual is much longer. There's more engineers involved. It's a very monk like religious thing, yeah. and it's clearly meant to take place on primordial Earth, and they're clearly meant to be creating life on Earth essentially. Okay, got it. Okay, they just cut that down and made it ambiguous, which is what they did with all of these. They took what they were and made them what are they in every single instance. Uh, second one, there's a scene with Idris Elba's captain of the Prometheus scene where he's sitting around as part of this discussion and he's, he's like he is in the movie, he's somewhat dismissive, but he's the one, and later he's convinced of this and that scene's in the movie, but he's the one that proposes that this is, he goes, you know, this, these guys don't feel like, this doesn't feel like science to me. I mean, look at this. And he sort of explains, this is like military this is like a this is like an attack kind of thing this is you know this is like a, a military biohazard installment yeah, yeah, and he yeah. tells us this very gruesome story maybe the movie doesn't have time for that but it's his it's that character's best scene in the movie so it's frustrating that it got cut third when we find out the agenda is for this 100-year-old Wayland who's still alive, woken up from cryosleep and old age makeup, to extend his life and just live longer. He wants the key to the magic of life so that he can not yeah. die is essentially it. And that scene it has subtitled, and David explains to this engineer that, well, this is... Oh, wow. Because at first he's like, oh, you found us. And he's like, hey, cool, you're our creations. I recognize myself and you. He's happy to see them. And he treats them, he pats them on the head like children, you know, like, welcome and blah, blah, blah. And I'm glad that you interpreted the signs. But yeah. what, what happens that goes awry is David tells him that he's not a person, he's artificial, and it doesn't like that. Mm. And he tells him that this guy who put all this mission together just wants to live longer. And these creatures that all their technology is based on organic stuff and life is talking yeah. to a robot who on behalf of his master wants yeah. to just live longer. These characters are all about sacrifice. They sacrifice themselves to bring life to the universe. And the idea of one of their creations just wanting to be immortal pisses this guy off. And he go he basically goes off the rails because of those two things. The scene is told with no subtitles, which is, that part maybe is okay. If it were longer and we could see the connections and the 
the engineers mind changing, but it, we don't. It just goes is, bad okay, in the what, snap. What would it have been? Another five minutes? Because not I even, think not that, even another 35 so seconds. Out of Michael. the four scenes you mentioned, that would be it's great. Like yeah, that would be crucial. crucial to to make the other thing they cut that again. I it's just so stupid that they didn't. Is there's a a, a a stock and stab scene with Shaw at the end when the engineer comes for her in the escape pod, where they fight it, they duke it out and they fight it out and they're running through this thing and she's not holding her own with him. She's getting her ass kicked, but she's surviving and being smart. And she leads him to that door where it gets taken over by that thing where she knows. Oh, rather, because as it is now, he just... As it is, he peers behind her and she says, it feels like it's at the end of a big fight, but it isn't. She says, die or whatever. It's crazy. And then, and then it... So why they cut that scene where she's acting truly heroic and badass and... And cut right to the point where it's at the heightened end of something that we don't experience, yeah, which feels funny. corny. Well, I mean, I and know we got to talk but... before we let this movie go. We got to talk about the uh, the alien abortion scene. Yes. Oh my God! I was just going to bring that up because Boy, we have to. So we can't. We intense. skipped past it, but we have to. It's so intense. Like I was watching it, and I'm, I I was breathless. I'm like, this is insane, and. I mean, the effects, the, you know, her acting in the scene. Um, and the, just the I, idea of what is happening before your eyes. It, it's worthy it's of deep dive insane. discussion because it's the idea that blows your mind. And it it's the thing of the entire movie that's truly worthy of. Well, the and, and the thing franchise. that they set up is that she doesn't, she's not able to conceive. It's there. It's, it's so grotesque. In David poisons uh, her partner who yeah. in a moment of comfort comes to her and has sex with her and impregnates yeah. her with this, with this alien, alien and she starts to figure it out. And when she does, she goes to this little surgical thing that Which is a great Vickers little dumb setup. It's just enough. It's not too much. You know, it's, it's like, okay, we set it up that she's it's aware It's completely of photoreal. Everything about it is just spectacularly amazing. It's, it's where Ridley just his mission for this film comes across. This film has sets. This film has really brilliant location shooting. This film yes. has stuff that the actors get to interact with. It's not, it's a lot of virtual stuff, but it's not all blue screens and effects and stuff. And it, it yes. the film lives in a very gritty real way. That said, what is it? Three times, four times we see that truck racing down that corridor to the installation. Yeah. Like, it becomes by the last time you see it, it becomes a joke. It can't not become a joke because it, it's like these this repeated stuff over and over and over again just like makes you feel like they just kind of didn't know what they were doing. Just park closer to the thing. What the hell? I, I agree, but I'm sure they don't know. So the, I I kind of took that as like we're not going to park too close because we don't know what this is. Well, and sense. also we're not going to spend too much time on this journey. We're just going to show you that it happened again. Yeah. Which they really, which that's even is a mistake. It's like, we saw the journey once we get it. You don't have to show us all that. It it uh, doesn't create any urgency. It feels silly by the time it's over. Three quick, three quick things. And I know we got to move on to covenant. You've got a couple Um, minutes, but go ahead. the, the, The first thing is that I, in my own writing, I love to torture my characters. So, and then to have them still have to deal with everything going on. Yeah. This is prime of her being stomach stapled and having had this abortion surgery mm-hmm. and then having her stomach stapled and then having to still 
go deal with everything. I mean, that just warms my heart. I love to put the characters down like you can't. Hey, look, if you just track Shaw's journey through the film, it's a really good movie. Yeah. No, she's Unfortunately, great. there's a lot of other th stuff that are demanding yeah. that it come down in the rankings kind of at every step. But that um, even that they just let her do whatever... And then when she shows up at the end, he's like, "Oh, Miss Shaw, I'm glad you could join us." <laughs> it's so yeah, bad. yeah. It's almost like a he's almost like a Bond villain at that point. And he's like, "Yeah, seriously. yes, I've let you wander the compound. Nothing can interfere with my plans." Like the arrogance between both Vickers and Wayland is fantastic. Yeah, and David's contempt for them in a very subtle performance comes across. And so Numi and, and Fassbender really carry the day in the film. And, and, and I agree. And they, they make it worth revisiting. I watch it once a year because it's despite the things I hate in it. And I hate it. Michael, you've been on the show before I've read not all your scripts, but I've read more than half of them probably. And, and Michael creates uh, his fair share of stupid people, but they're always, <laughs> always, always, doing the best they can. They're always trying but, their hardest and trying to make is, the best decisions they can to survive. And you, 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 you can identify with at least that aspect of them. These guys are doing the worst they can way, way too many times. Well, and but, no, but I, I've preached about this, you know, to clients and everything. It's like, if, if your character yeah. does something stupid that the audience is like, I would never be that dumb. You've lost them. Yeah. If indeed they do something that you as an audience member think this is the, I'd probably try that too. And it still fails. You're it's scarier and it's more sensible and you've grabbed your audience more. It's so yeah. When they create a little free script consulting for you guys out there in podcast land from the master. Um, <laughs> it, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's the difference between it's, so it's what do you come to movies for? A lot of people do just come to horror movies to judge people and to laugh at their foibles and to see them get eviscerated. Um, a lot of that happens in Prometheus. If you come to empathize with them, to walk a mile in their shoes in a very mm -hmm. crazy situation, and to actually feel something, you, you have to do what Michael's saying. You have to at least try and do it. Even the effort alone is enough. Yes. If you yeah, just yeah. kick back and if throw people... If it backfires, people, then at least they try. Throw people like Sean Harris's character and Rafe Spall's character and Kate Dickey's character. Just throw them out there and show how bad they are. And so that we can see them get their just desserts. Michael likes just desserts too, but yeah. that's not enough. You, 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 that's not enough. The film yeah. is, is personified visually by the fact that this giant massive spaceship is crashed down into earth and is now teetering on its axis and rolling towards one of our characters. I'll leave out who that is. So and, and all they can, <laughs> and it's visually, it's stunning. But oh all God, this yeah. character can think to do is run in a straight line away yeah, from it. Yeah. When, when, when running, when doing this or this when, it, or some that, degree yeah. of it might but have that's, saved but that's, them. That's, that's typical horror film crap. People running down the middle of a road, just go to the ditch and the car won't get you. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's the same thing. But I mean, uh, two more quick things is like, yeah. I, I loved that they so sparingly use Goldsmith's score from the original. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they overdid it in Covenant, they but did. in this, it was, I think, maybe two times they used it, and it just warmed my heart. It was so lovely. And then Mark, the other question Mark, uh, I'm going to his name on Mark Streitfeld. He's a Hans Zimmer acolyte, and he does a really, really nice job with the score for Prometheus. 
Well, because it's really, really well done. Covenant is le- legitimately let's redo Goldsmith's score. Like yeah, it's, well, it's, in the first act, it is. I mean, it 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 brings back things from Prometheus and does other things. But yeah. in the first act, it's like, what are the greatest hits of Goldsmith's music? Let's yeah. do all three of them, kind of in their entirety. Let's not hint at yeah. them. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't mind that. I think three is too much. I think if you picked one and we heard a reprise of it, that'd have been pretty neat. I think uh, I think the fact that it rolls with that. It's because again, yeah, what was... you shouldn't. I know it's a alien prequel and this will allow us to drift into covenant it's um it's an alien prequel but it you shouldn't be reminded constantly of a better movie when you're watching movie that, you <laughs> that, know? that's a very good point well it's, yeah. it's it that's a thing that all, all prequels really struggle to avoid you need you i don't mind that you connect the dots at the end fans really really love that fans still think revenge of the sith is a good movie somehow i don't know how I don't know how you can watch that and think that's good, but they do because it it does it. It does the work of this. Com- it gives you yeah, catches exactly. up, gets you into the spots you want to be, or that you thought. And it because it does that, it feels artificially satisfying. But what you definitely, but that movie doesn't sit there and be like, "Remember this, remember this, remember this." You can't keep doing that. That's a bad. Yeah. That's bad. Don't do that. Um, but. Covenant's got a lot of really effing cool things too, dude. It's no, I I was legitimately surprised. I didn't love the movie. No, but it, it was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because uh, again, I never bothered upon its release because I didn't like Prometheus. Um, so now, obviously, knowing that we were going to talk about this, okay, let me give it a go. And I enjoyed a lot of it. I again, there's. Visually, yep. both films are beautiful. I mean, they're yeah. just lovely. Ridley films. Scott knows how to make movies, and the budget for Covenant's about half and several years later of what Prometheus was, and it just it it it, it has some great. audacious action-oriented ideas in its final act, and they work. I mean, he makes them work. He's a, he just a fundamentally awesome um, visual storyteller. Yeah, and I mean. I mean- Despite so many of the problems character wise and underdrawn characters and stupid characters and all of this, it was just a fun ride, you know, and I, I, well, the film, the film makes this film does some effort that the other film didn't in a leaving these characters to discover themselves a little more, not completely. It still has a lot of cliches thrown at each of them, but it, it really, it doesn't, here are the these people, and here are the these people. It lets these things happen with the way people react to each other and other things like that, which is, which helps. And it's the Covenant, and the cool thing about Covenant is we start right off. Well, no, we don't. Well, we got to talk about the beginning of Covenant. Sorry. Before we get into Covenant, let's go back to the to the, the awakening of David the Android, yeah. it, it, high atop the Wayland Empire. Yeah, in this austere, like almost like end of two thousand one, like yes. little room that he has. It's very Kubrick, yeah, very yeah. Kublick. Yes, very, Sorry. very Kublick esque. Um, <laughs> Damn, that's harsh. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it really is, and it's really cool, and it's this weird metaphysical, literal conversation between a creator and a creation where. Yeah the creation starts to disappoint the creator like right here in the first 
conversation. Yes. So you can just tell this sort of isn't going to go anywhere good. And the creator is, is again, he's not empathizing with this thing that he created at all. He's, he's ready to judge it. He judges yeah. its amazing piano playing. He judges the choice of music. He judges everything about this guy. And, and whatever part of David that is alive is being betrayed by his father here. He's being set off on a path to neither serve humanity loyally nor... Really He's headed just, down the Ash path and not the Bishop path. Not even the Ash path. Ash is just a corporate stooge obeying orders, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't want to discount what Ash is in the story. Ash is genius. It, but, but that's all he is. He's a corporate stooge in the 70s who's part of some conspiracy yeah. to save the tech at the expense of everything. That's, the awakening to that in the movie is stunning. This is different. This is, this is he's his whole personality is being poisoned right from the moment he comes out of the wound by yeah. this self-serving, selfish, pretentious mm-hmm. dick of a master, yep. of a father. And yeah. what what that creation becomes is an absolutely evil monster by the time we're done with these two movies. He is monstrous and ha- should be destroyed and is evil. David is yeah. evil. Period. He is. He is. He's, but it's for you Dungeons and Dragons fans. He's neutral evil, but evil nonetheless. Anyway, well, they, at this point yeah, in the they, movie, we don't know that we're going to see him again. But the callback to Prometheus in this opening scene is—it's no, it's great, and I fantastic. I Spot was very uh, intrigued slash disappointed with how close this eventual relationship that we reveal is. You know, Data and Lore in in Next sure. Generation. It's yeah. so extremely similar i mean brothers and by the i think this film pulls it out of the crapper at the very end but i think when the when we get david and walter together is where the whole thing really david's appearance in the film is where it turns into a really stupid haunted house movie with stupidity abound and and it isn't an alien movie in another yeah let's go wash up but several pretty cool sequences happen before that Yes. We are aboard the whatever Covenant. I don't want to say the USS Covenant. I don't think that's what it is. Um, we're aboard the Covenant. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's an android. Uh, looks just like David's taking care of everybody. I think we learn. Uh, did you watch the 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 pods that came with this movie? Did you watch Phobos? And... No, no. So there's a little short film called Meet Walter, which is basically a two-minute commercial for the latest Wayland android, okay. Walter, who's going to change your life. And that's pretty neat, but it's just a commercial. I wouldn't have, mind having a, Walt, uh, a Michael Fassbender in my employ. The, no, I wouldn't be. I'm sure you'd find all kinds of creative ways to use him, and and create a very different sort of monster of your own, no doubt. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, and there's also one called Phobos. These are all worth checking out. Phobos is the longest one, and it's the psychological threshold testing that the main members of the crew have to go through. They're shown these images. They're exposed to loud sounds. They're put in this little bubble and uh, they have all this stuff thrown at them. And it's got, uh, it's, it's got Crudup's character. It's got Catherine Waterston. It's got David, it's got Walter. Sorry. So it's got Fassbender and it's really got the stars in it. And funniest of all, it has who you guys all love. It has Danny McBride in it as well. And his, yeah, 
his comments on the nature of the testing itself is very, very, because he's a very gifted comedic actor who, he's great in this because you can tell that he's a comedian who's been let be in a, a, a spook show who wants to do a good job. I don't think he's great. It's not his performance. It's the it's again these yeah. characters. It's, the character's pretty stupid. dumb, but he he really gets behind. What I like about what Danny does because I just know his other work, and he's such a silly, off the hook, crazy guy. What's fun about his presence here is that he his 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 drive to be the hero, his drive to save the day, his 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 he has these human aspects of his character that sometimes these scientists don't really have, and I think that. I think that helps the movie. At least it helps our little return to them, those scenes to not be just empty things. There's a real discussion where um, uh, Kelly Hernandez's character says to him, they have this, they have these constant debates and he's like, you, you, you have to remember, I know the people we care about are down there, but you have to remember that there's whatever's 400 or 1200, humans here that you are now in charge of and those people have to be your priority and that discussion while it's the basics of storytelling it's still it, i liked it it was i liked i liked when we cut back to those guys who ostensibly have the tools to help our heroes and the reasons why they can't necessarily just dive right in and do that are are compelling i think i know but then the but then it all goes south literally when they descend with the entire ship it's yeah. just like it i i it's that same thing we just talked about it's like these are stupid decisions it's a matter of what is better for the greater good yeah. and for the greater amount of people and his wife who is one of the dumbest characters in the whole thing and and it's that same thing we talked about it's like is she dumb she's not trained. that dumb. well no but you're you're trained you're they fall apart so fast it's not even a matter of, oh my God, let your training kick in. Right. But I really do believe, I really do believe that at least in Covenant and that sequence I, is the, I think is the scariest in the movie. It's the, great. The scene between Carmen and Jogo who's, who's, uh, and, and uh, Amy Simons. Because I really don't feel like there's, they, they do everything wrong and we have knowledge that they don't have, but I really feel like they, they do it like they're just outmatched by what they're up against here in a way that they just can't possibly fathom. And when their imagination is cracked by the reality of these horrors that we've well, all seen before, they just, they do lose it. But I feel like it's this, better justified in this film than the previous one. I know, but the, the thing is, it's like... Nobody says have... anything stupid. Nobody flirts with the alien. No, I mean, you know, they, no, I know they're trying I... to follow quarantine rules first because okay, they're supposed to and then later because up, they're terrified. Because Ripley set the precedent. She is the one that said no, and Ash screwed it up and we know why. But it's like in both of these films, it's like it doesn't even exist. The woman that's out taking the samples with the first infected guy in Covenant. Yeah. Why? You have 2,000 people in cryostasis on the ship that you're responsible for. No. Well, our no. hero has no. a moment like that. She has an airlock, you're not coming in scene where she tells the newly inherited captain of the, of the play by Billy Crudup, pretty, pretty well played by Billy. Yeah, I agree. Um, she, but greatly played by Catherine Watterson. And then she says, you, you, 
we've vetted this other planet. We spent years doing it. We know what it is. We know where we're going to come. You're yeah. you're willing to trade that for a possibly more convenient, complete unknown. And as a scientist, I'm not willing to go along with that. And yes. not only that, I have to, that decision has to be protested officially by me. She's yes. speaking with the voice of, science and he is acting on his faith that things are going to turn out because i i i get all that and i think the thing that that bothers me is because he sort of pseudo mentions like we're obligated to check out this signal i mean obviously pulled directly from the original film mm-hmm. you know we're you know if you don't go down you lose your shares and i think what's fascinating yeah, is but that that i bought there's yeah but there's no how the characters are created yeah, but there's no, there's no, you lose your shares. There's no corporate no, I know, entity but in I'm charge of then, this. Then come up with a better idea that, again, make the decision like, no, we're sticking with our plan. Sorry, whoever's singing John Denver down there. No, we're going to go to it and do it to our plan. But then what happens What to make them have to go down there rather than someone's poor choice, which then, again, like, yeah, good. I'm glad you're infected and get a chest burster because you're an idiot. Technically a backburster. Um, yeah. I just I just don't... I think there are ways to have the characters yeah. make decisions better yeah, yeah. It's, where you're not going to... It's, it's so frustrating. And as I said, that planet. sequence I sympathize with because just maybe it's just the way it's done or that the, we've met those characters and spent a modicum of time with them so that we, we don't believe necessarily that they're... A couple of the guys out on the, out on the mission are acting pretty stupidly, but the, I think those two ladies really are doing the best they can under under un, no, unbelievable that, circumstances. Then let me let me retract because I don't think necessarily they were stupid. I think they were reacting yeah. in a way that is organic to what they have experienced, but it's that same it's the thing of shouldn't there be a threshold before you go into hysterics? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like it's like you 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 were automatically you know, and it's fun. That short film I was just talking about, Phobos, Amy Simons' character is she's a great is, actor. She's, I like her a lot. She's great. She's the first she's the first one to pass because she's the first one to get scared and to admit that she's scared. The rest of them sort of fight the test to a certain degree. Billy Crudup, in fact, his his reaction to the test is is uh, <laughs> is basically no, I'm not frightened i'm angry i'm angry that you exposed me to that and he's just very sort of maintains the line tennessee's all like yeah okay so like uh bugs coming out of a person bugs coming out of a wound yeah that's that's really great that's really terrible like he actually reacts with anger and he passes quickly too crudup claims to be angry but what he really is is disturbed and it the test shows that he's not super prepared for what is thrust upon him in the story i mean they give you they give you that like he what was it they said that he's going to be a problem because of his faith and there's a great there's a great little scene that is actually in the trailer called the last supper which is the uh kelly hernandez starts choking on something and walter comes up behind her and gives her the heimlich and saves her it's it's a stupid joke but it it's a cool scene in that it 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 shows It shows a couple of things. First of all, Crudup and Watterson's relationship, it shows very clearly. It shows that the crew really believes in her and doesn't really believe in him. It yeah. establishes all this fun stuff. It really, it's, 
could have been in the movie, maybe was meant to be, I don't know, but it's a fun scene. It also is the only scene where we see James Franco's captain of the ship actually interact with anybody and not just in flashback, which is sort of yeah. interesting. Which um, is such a weird cameo, yeah. It's weird when you cut half of it out. It is. It's it's like Guy Pierce in super old age makeup. Why? Just cast an old guy. What the what are you yeah. doing? Why is Winona Ryder in old age makeup and the Abrams Star Trek? It doesn't make any exactly. damn sense. There's why. Yeah. Even when we see her 12, 20 years earlier or whatever, she's still in old age makeup. Like, what did you put her in this for? <laughs> it, it's nice to see her, but wh- why? I, I don't. I'm not yeah. connecting the dots. So anyway. Well, I, we I need think, to jump um, back, Michael, because some of the coolest things that happen happen in the yeah, first act. Yeah, go, 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 yeah. We, same motif. We meet Walter. He's alive on the ship when everybody else is asleep. Uh, the mother, the ship, mother is back. Again, yep. I, not in any useful way that I can think, but mother's back. Yeah. Yay. For all you fans who desperately wanted that, now you have that. I don't, you know. I, I don't, it annoys me. Building better worlds, you can show off your shirt again. Um, that's such a <laughs> neat idea when you drive by it on a uh, big wheel or when you, when they, when Ripley mentioned seeing the commercials or whatever, yes. like yeah. what, now that we've made that a catchphrase that has to appear in every movie, we've ruined it. We've ruined it. We've crushed it and ruined it. It came walking along like a puppy and we stepped on it until it was dead. And that's what we do with all of this stuff. Hulk smash, whatever your catchphrase of choice is, we, we love them until we kill the things that we love. And we do this franchise wide with every franchise, every, that's not one of the worst things, but this movie is guilty of doing that a few times. But what's great is the way it starts with Walter taking care of everybody. Mother tells him he's got to send the solar sails out because they've got to recharge their uh, power banks. That is majestic and amazing looking. The design yes. of the, the design of the covenant and the just the all of it is so cool. The, the embryos, the banks yes. of humans hanging there, swinging slightly in yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and the solar flare that they get hit with that the, these that these huge, solar collectors capture and send running through the ship. The awakening is a harsh, ugly awakening when. Yeah. We lose several crew members, several colonists, a whole bunch of embryos, and our captain who burns to death with yeah. her wife, with his wife standing over him, unable to free him. That yeah. sequence is is her, it's no, it's a it's a brutal beginning. It, it definitely it, and it's it's really horrific in a way, and and I and I dig that. Um, I dig crud up trying to take take the reins and not allowing for there to be a funeral service. He doesn't even say. Look, guys, we we will do that in good time. We have to do this first. He just basically says, "You need to obey my orders here. I, I know what's best for us." And everyone, you can just tell that not all of them, but they don't like him. We also learned that uh, that this pretty much—it's not entirely, but it's almost entire. This whole mission is married couples. Carmen Ajogo yeah. says to to uh, cut up. She says, "You're this." The, when you get there, you're not going to be their captain anymore. You're going to be their neighbors. Their neighbors. Try, try yeah. and remember that. That's a great line and a great scene, yeah. um, where he's sort of showing his insecurity to his to his wife, and that's neat. Um, so there's a bunch of neat stuff that happens. Uh, the the ship, the scene where they go out to fix the solar flares, put the ship back together, 
Good tense. Yeah. Yeah. Made just again, beautiful. It's got attention in it. It's got some humor in it. Um, and where well, they I wanna, hear that, I want to point where they yeah, hear where, the where signal hear the, that eventually sends yeah. them off into the wrong direction. Well, I wanted to point out something that really struck me is the, the difference in the funeral scene from the original and this, like literally they're having drinks and talking about him against Crudup's choice. Yeah. But then you go back to when they got rid of, uh, uh, Kane, Kane, yeah, which is so cold. Anyone want to say anything? Nope. Button. It's like, and he goes the jettison body. And this, there's like drinks and there's emotion. They're I friends, and they're, they're his wife is standing there, and they all love her. And it's you could just feel it, like they did I this. No, but I loved that difference. It was yeah. so stark. It was such an interesting choice. Um, obviously, and and Grud up but... watching over the video screen and yeah, just getting. Yeah more and more like he doesn't get mad he just gets more tense over it tense. which is a nice That's choice by the actor so they, these guys are i mean i like i say i it's it, it it suffers all the same problems as prometheus like it really this film doesn't seem to learn the lessons of prometheus yeah at all but one thing that it does is it does let these people who are inhabited by really really good actors um come into being just it allows them to have to create themselves and not throw these super corny quick things at us. And that really, yeah. the film really, even though we don't get to know nearly enough of them well before all hell breaks loose, it really, the movie really does benefit from that. The difference was between Walter Walters. What does Crudup say to him during the briefing scene where he's like, um, so we're down to what? 30% on the, whatever. And he's, was that a question? Is that a question? <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's weird because as creepy as David is from the get-go, Walters is the cuddliest android since since Bishop. Yeah. Bishop, Bishop though, he, even that movie is keeping he, what he is truly under wraps until it gets to show you what he is, which is yeah. a really cool guy. Um, you know, Bishop's give Bishop's when, uh, what's-her-face, hands him the gun and he kind the of gun. Yeah. hands him. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, yeah. that's where bishop really shows up and we're like oh this guy's legit if he was if he had any sort of agenda that little exchange that wordless brilliant happened. exchange yeah. could not have happened yeah yeah um this walter doesn't have that but he's he's you it's weird how it's the same guy playing the exact same kind of thing it's like, and it's a weird indictment, Michael, I think on us as people <laughs> that we really like the android who properly behaves as a slave like he's supposed to and not the one with the mind of its own <laughs> who does his yeah. own thing out in the universe, you know? It's like, I'll have to think more on that. But that's just something I wanted to float out there. So they get this signal. They only get it they get it through Tennessee's helmet because he's so far out away from the interference of the engine yeah, and all yeah. the other electronics. And when they play it back, they, they, you already said John Denver, they realize it's somebody singing country roads by John Denver. It's an earthling. It has to be an, has to be an yeah. earth person. And these guys are, they're familiar more in a legendary sort of way, but they're familiar with the mission of the Prometheus that disappeared or whatever. And they yeah. realize that that's, that at it some point that that's what this is. Yeah. And, and even that, as much as I hate the people walking without helmets and the spores infecting them and pissing on the ground and all well, the dumb a, shit that happens in that mission once they finally, 
Yeah, exactly. Once they finally like, dude, follow to this. You get what you deserve. You put that cigarette on the ground, man. You're burning hell. Um, oh, come on. It's like you just landed on this brand new fresh planet. I'm going to flick just, my Again, it, it's... It's I, nobody deserves what happens to that guy. By the way, just that's, that's the rough. that's one of the nice things about all this evil science is that when it comes about, it's like blah, blah. there's some really gross and horrific things that happen oh, in this it's, film. It, there's some it's, rough stuff. Yeah, it's if and I think that was the mission from Ridley. If we're going to bring back these things, he never doesn't completely bring back the xenomorph, but he brings back a version of them at every step. And if we're going to bring them back, man, we're going to go for it and really make it grisly and make people's stomachs turn. And yeah. it, it, it works. That works. That part works. I think really, even, really well. even all the grotesquery, the, if that's a term, but like all the grossness, it's the, it's the um, convulsing that most upsets me. <laughs> you know, it's just so primally gross and just like, Oh God, you know, just yeah. diehard fans will complain that the life cycles are obscenely absurdly fast compared to what we've been introduced oh, yeah, to definitely. in this situation. And that's, that's for convenience sake. There's no reason behind that other than, you know, you could say, well, David engineered him that way, whatever. I don't know. It's, it's, well, this world is a hostile place where these engineers creations have been already been introduced in an ecosystem. And, and you can the, assume that they've they've been able to all of that, that. None of that's really explained exactly, but it's all demonstrated clearly. And the fact that you can see that happen is see what well, happens as a result of that is pretty powerful, actually. I mean, I um, I did enjoy. There, there were a couple things that really were bothersome, other than you know maybe overreacting too early in the process. But uh, the whole revelation of the city that David takes them to. Mm -hmm was just so abrupt. It's yeah. like you feel like maybe when they were first orbiting that there would have been, we see structure, something to kind of set it up. It's like, oh, there's suddenly this gigantic city, which is great and it serves what it needs to do. But the fact that it just appears so conveniently, it's it was a little... Yeah, they flew over the whole area and if... The, you couldn't have gotten... Oh, we see structure. So again, the fan, the movie doesn't help you with this, but the fans have explained, like, what, is this the engineer's homeworld? What is this? It, it, it can't be, or it wouldn't have just this one place. So we, we believe it's basically, you know, camp, whatever. And, yeah. you know, that's where they work. Um, the the flashback scene of the arrival of the, of the derelict right. style ship is it's, 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 it's really, really well done. It's, it's, I think I question what it is. There's this weird sort of, Oh, you hated Prometheus, huh? Well, let us just, you know, crucify it here in this one scene. Yeah. There's that aspect to it that I find distasteful, but, but it, the way he pulls it off visually again on a visually, much, much more limited fantastic. budget yeah. is, it's pretty stunning. So it, the fact that that flashback happens helps me retroactively accept that they show up at this giant like Roman Empire ruin or wherever they are. Yeah. But nothing that happens in that ruin is good. The discussions are on its face. They're, they think they're clever. They're not anywhere near as clever as they want. Dave and Walter interacting. The other characters all split up at the stupidest times imaginable. It's um, dumb. It's dumb, 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 dumb. The flute playing is dumb. The, you know, the the little pan across the evil laboratory and the sketches, I think, are kind of interesting. But the 
that just that sequence is stupid. What Crudup's character, how he goes out, is is stupid. He, that character, as as even though this is all his fault, essentially, it it just deserves better than just something bad just happening to him for no for no reason. It, it all of it is is frustrating. I think you feel Tennessee's desperation to get back to his wife. I think you see how how the loss of of Crudup's better half. It makes him an incomplete man, literally. Yeah. I think you see when Damon Bilcher's uh, husband, when he dies, the way he becomes a wreck, but he becomes almost a more, more focused crew member. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the way they affect each other really is sort of interesting. Um, and the other, the century woman who dies in the well, who gets decapitated or whatever, her watching her husband die early and you just see the horror of that. And they're all going to bite it in that field with those neomorphs running around, picking them up yeah. until David shows up. That scene is scary. You're like, who's going to save these guys? Well, no, the best part we're sitting there watching, because we know the one that came out of uh, um, the bearded guy, the the, yeah. the second one that got it yep. inhaled, right? Yep. We see that, so it's one. And then yep. suddenly there's more, and it's like, oh crap, where are these coming from? You know, so it's it is a good scene. And that whole I would just say for better or worse, Covenant from from the moment it opens, it's got its weird steps. But from there to when David shoots off that flare, it is really, really clicking and doing pretty good. It's more of a B monster movie than yes. a real alien movie. It has that feel to it that this is we know this is going to go bad this is you know what i mean like we've been well, I mean, through even, this before even the images of them first walking up to uh shaw's ship and all that it's oh, like man. that's the descent that's predator that i mean it's every single one of those kind but of that we're foot moving. journey following the the trail of that ship and the re and discovering the wreckage is so great and it just reminds you that walking through a dark place that is an unknown to you is is so interesting. I think why people don't appreciate that scene more is because it's that's where it's revealed that that Doctor Shaw has nothing to do with this, and that like the engineers in that flashback scene, she's been discarded essentially by the not just by the in a horrible way by David, which they gruesomely sort of sh demonstrate later. It's yeah. more that it's, she's been discarded by the storytelling and you cannot help but feel that when you see her, uh, Numi Rapace is a real good sport for participating in this film at all. I have to say, yeah. um, but apparently her and Ridley, cause it's just like, it just doesn't do right by the character. It's it dismissive. Just, it's there, there, it, but it's the same, it's the same kind of feeling to a lesser extent of what happens to Hicks and Newt in Alien Three? I would agree. It's like to you, a lesser to a lesser extent, but the exactly. same. It does the create the same sort of. It's like yeah, you, we did all this, rude. but whatever you liked about this, f it. It's that's not the thing. Well, I mean, I think the the big revelation um, of who David is and what his part was in in creating um, these the creature. Things. Yeah, it's. How he's both murdered the engineers and taken over their mission in a really diabolical and evil and I, way. And it, it all pays off. I mean, based on that conversation with um, Wayland at the beginning, but it doesn't quite, I mean, after, what, four decades of wondering where these things came from, all we ever got was that it was a, an alien queen from somewhere. Right. That's the only kind of 
history story we get for that. And so there's supposed to be quite, a third movie that ties all that together in theory, but it, do, it doesn't quite give me, it doesn't satisfy me. No. I mean, it was not bad. I mean, it's interesting and it's, it's interesting to see what trajectory David took, but to ultimately for it to be Look, a ultimately that weird space like, jockey creature with the spine on the front of his body with the big eye sockets who I no offense is three times the size of the engineers in these films to find out that that's just a human looking dude in a big suit is effing disappointing so I mean whoever I, thought of that is already was like lacked the imagination to properly tell that story in my opinion and we yeah. we're having to live with that and at the same time, we've lived with it. You gave it to us. Now you're truly dismissing it and disregarding it in a way that feels feels like all these steps that we've taken to get to this point have been unnecessary. So, well, I mean, I I like the whole creation theme that goes through both films. I think that's a really interesting thing. But it's yeah, I, I it's and I didn't hate it that it was David that ended up creating them, but it just it wasn't as grand or or as alien or as mysterious a mystery as you want it. It's it's yeah. petty humans doing petty things to each other. It, yeah. It's frustrating. I mean, not knowing where the aliens came from all these decades is it's kind of a bummer that we know, and it's not all that and a bag of chips, well, you know. So somebody up in the in the covenant gets the idea to take the lander to not the they don't have another you know orbit to. Yeah, because that exploded. ship, but right. they do have this thing that's designed to bring all the stuff down and everything. So they decide to use that once the storm starts breaking up again. That's a neat idea. It's it does well, sort of make the debates that we've suffered through those characters um, work. I like <laughs> that. Uh, I, I do like. I, although I, what happens to them is kind of awful. Well, I guess we'll get to that. I won't reveal that. That's a famous thing from the film, but. Uh, Jesse Smollett and and Kelly Hernandez's character. I like that Kelly's is the. I like that in that relationship, it's the lady who's like sort of you know the one that's, the, the you know he's like a yes man to her. He's like yeah, listen to yeah. what she's saying. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that works pretty good actually. It's it's a it in a very simple way, and again in a way that isn't loaded with cheap quick dialogue you there's a relationship there that develops that's interesting tennessee's coming as soon as there's an idea we know he's coming he's been trying to get down there as much as he can that uh can i that when he's super happy to get a hold of what's her face and she's like okay wow yeah, you guys she, are okay like he's just so relieved and about that, my wife can uh, i talk to her he's great yeah. so here's the plan it's all business first what a great crew member and then it's yeah okay you mind uh-huh if i talk to my wife right now and that her having to tell him yeah. She's gone. It's, it's, well, this is um, this is something that kind of bothered me a little bit. Again, it's like I don't necessarily... I like that there's to... time for grief amongst these characters, even if it is superficial, yeah. given it in the film, by more than um, one person. I think that's valuable. Uh, but structurally, I think one of the things that kind of bother me, and, and I don't need to be spoon-fed necessarily, but I do like introductions. I mean, mm -hmm. they sort of talk about the trucks, which then, of course, are important in the end, but that platform ship that they use is never kind of introduced. Because I'm thinking, again, back to aliens, it's like, obviously we see the loader because it's important later. 
and it doesn't need to be a three-page The trucks, dialogue. obviously, they're shown securing those after the flare exactly. hits them. So that there you have a reason for that whole set to come back and be a thing. But right. yeah, the, the other lander just, is just like, introduce hey, wait it. a minute, know. we it's, have it's, that it's other convenient. thing. Yeah, he does bring it up early in the movie, though. He says, "Hey, we can use that," and they're like, "You can't use that in a storm." Also, you just can't use that, man. It's for the whatever. It's okay, only then perhaps that over went over my head because I was like, "Where is this coming from?" Good well, because you don't really know what they're talking about, so it's yeah, not. I guess you're, it's well, not no, your a dumb viewer, give us but a they do visual cue of what it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was a great action sequence. You know, using that, it was a lot of fun to watch. It's it's um, it strains anything that's happened in the series from a physical physics sort of standpoint, yeah, but, but I agree it, it, it's, they do it. It's well done enough by a real master filmmaker that it, it well, works. This is, you know, now that we're kind of coming up on the end, I, can we do something other than an airlock? I mean, it's so, it's like aliens. Yes. It's a second time we're reliving the brilliance of that idea, but the fact that we're doing it again we could like, we could dump uh, molten lead on it and then hit the sprinkler yeah, system. No, no, no. You know what I mean. But there's there are. I'm just saying there's uh, no airlock in that one. Yeah, but I don't know. It just it's like I. That's another one of those like you said. Hey, did you get that? You, you get what we're doing here, and it's yeah. like eh, it's been done too many times. It's been done better. Um, I yeah, accept it. Kind of I accept it here. Only because it's a it's a false ending that real evil is still with us there's a yeah um, whilst saving crew members from the neomorphs uh walter gets his hand just absorbed or destroyed by acid basically loses a hand um and he's instrumental in getting our what's the very couple of three four people that are left, left. at the yeah. at, at the end of all of David's experiments free to get to this landing pod thing. And, and we're not, and the David Walter stuff, I guess I, the stuff that bums me out the most is I find that all that stuff just stupid. I still really like Walter. I think David's interesting, but I think David's David talking to Crudup's character, David talking to everybody except Waterston. Those scenes sort of fall flat to me. The, I'll show you the fingering scene or whatever. That was the famous well, scene. Well, no, there it was. I I actually really liked the kiss. Of course, that's so homoerotic. I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. Two fast spenders for the price of one. But well, it's, and a, and a and a really healthy and intelligent uh, homosexual couple in this film, played by a couple of of heterosexuals. It will look the other way on that one. But nevertheless, yeah. uh, the representation in the movie this is a diverse cast in every yeah. way that it can be without feeling like there was some checklist that went along with oh, it oh, yeah definitely but i mean it's i didn't mind the walter david stuff but i it's again it's so they sort of go to the fact that walter is a later model so he's obviously upgraded but then the fact that he dies and spoiler then comes back for that matrix fight yep. you know it's like and he's like oh we've been upgraded since you were around which is just such a dumb little kind of well that's easy yeah it, i don't know it yeah, it is, it little... is, i don't know it's not horrible but it's certainly no, not the, it's, uh, it's not the applause like... line that the movie thinks it's supposed to be that's for sure right right um yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt about that 
Uh, but of course, we've got two characters who look exactly the same, so we're gonna we're gonna switch them at some point. And the movie does that in a pretty clever way, but in, a, in an inevitable way. If you, if this is a surprise to you that they've changed that that David won this struggle, that he sacrificed his hand to take his yeah, place yeah. amongst our heroes. Then you're he, not paying attention. Yeah. He even heroically helps them survive in every way that yep, Walter yep. would have. So the alien gets shot out the airlock after that shower scene. It's that it's again, it, it's not the abortion yeah. scene, but it's worth mentioning. It's it definitely it's intense. We haven't had anything quite like that in this series yet. Let's just say, um, and two characters that we admire a little bit and that have been sort of sitting safely on the covenant the whole movie. They're well, just, I mean, this you know, is, they're this, just, this'll... they're just getting it on. And all of a sudden, this boom, will go boom. into political theater a little bit, but I was very distracted by uh, the presence of that actor based yeah. on personal crap. Like immediately I'm like this, I'm irritated by his presence. Oh, because but, of his fraud or whatever. In the... Yeah. All whatever that happened. Cause I had no idea he was in this. I'm like, Oh, but it, when I saw his name and the friend, I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever. But that was, that was a distraction to me. You know, it was a distraction. Um, but I, I, I think the ending is uh, yeah. It's just it, like you said, it's inevitable. I saw it coming a mile away. But I think it was one of those things that if you're a good viewer, you know what it is, but it's that it's, it's, like the it's call definitely is a from twist that house. even though you it is inevitable, you you are willing to play along with that. But it's I like the, it's like the call is coming from inside the house. You know it the whole time, but the actual <laughs> revelation of what it is. Right, right, right. It's always kind of that. Oh, God, and sorry, the are these you know. deep dives contain them? Sorry for the massive spoiler for Covenant, but it 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 just it it has to be talked about because it it doesn't it doesn't work as great as it could um and it well, it, mean, it works the best because it's not a revelation that is is given to us the fact that the, the the coolest and most heroic character in the film is the one that we see her have the revelation it makes it really really painful because the last well, thing she wants helpless. to be or yeah. deserves is to be some gross medical experiment like dr shaw was and and yeah and it it's horrific. Like this is the idea. The fact that David is in this playground with all this amazing organic material that he has. Yeah. Okay, question for you. It's a so horrific got... thought. And it's more icky and gross the more you think about it. That's a win for the end of the film. Oh yeah. It's, it's also it the it's... darkest ending of any alien film. Even Ripley dying is it this is worse. This is like yeah, she saved the day. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. it's I'm curious why only two embryos. Are we expecting more? I mean, is he? Is that going to be enough? Like, what is? What is? Is, is one of them a queen? Uh, it, 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 it's it. It, it, it he only needs a, a little bit of that goes a long way. Remember, this stuff is all happening. Yeah. This stuff is all happening on a microscopic level. He he stashed those. He brought them with him, and it's not just that he has all these humans and human embryos. He has just this little bit of alien DNA that it, and, enough, the, yeah. and the, and with the knowledge that he's gained the monstrosities and the, and the, um, with this the technology now too, which, which is, a, which has a question. Has anyone ever tried to determine or understand why technology went backwards? No, the, the fans really want an answer to that, but no, it, they went backwards because the old newer movie took place in the seventies. It's the only reason just, Please I just know, call, I, no, Michael. Just no. 
I, I, it's because it was filmed in 1978. I understand, but I'm like, there are, are there, do you don't think it's necessary to somehow no. explain why technology no. was less? No. If you want an explanation, there is one. This is a huge, fully funded scientific ship, as was the Prometheus was designed and built by a quadrillionaire. The Nostromo is just a tugboat attached to a giant I, mining thing. That's always what I kind of went in my head but, after I watched But these. the but reason is because computers in 1978 aren't like computers now. And to make everything going forward look like 1978 version of the future is limiting and stupid. Because we shouldn't care. And if you do, boy, you're just... I don't necessarily care, Ryan. I'm just curious if they ever thought about somehow addressing it. Because they don't it address is, it directly, but that's the common that it for the people who are all up in arms about that. That's I'm that's their that's their story, curious. and they're sticking to it. And yeah. it's not a bad one. I just like it's the no, wrong it's not question. A make or break for me. I didn't mean to get you all worked up, but I just it's not. You're I not wanted to bring it up. It's it the wrong question. You shouldn't be engaging with this stuff. Asking a question you already you in the real world already know the answer to and want the film to spend any effort trying to give you an explanation for that. It's just those explanations are almost never like, every once in a while they're clever, but they're almost never good. That oh <laughs> Klingons went through a hundred years where our foreheads didn't grow right. Like just I yeah I, come no, on who cares it's deep, so we're stupid a deep dive discussion so that's why I had to bring it up because I did think about hey it. you're nothing because I actually said as Prometheus started I'm like how are they gonna explain blah you know so whatever <laughs> you're, you're one of millions to ask so obviously it's a thing that's out there I I just I'm not venting my frustration with you. I'm venting my frustration with that level of discourse <laughs> over the films. It's, it's not out there break. It about every little thing. And it's just like mind. 1978, y'all. Go look, check it out on your calendars. Go watch a TV show from 1978. That's what they were working with. That's the only answer. You, sh if you shouldn't need another answer other than that. <laughs> because the only alternative, the alternative is to stick with that vision of the future and just only do that. And that wouldn't be good. The Prometheus no, I, and the, I, the I'm not, Covenant I'm have all kinds of visual splendors you. and amazing bits of technology and stuff. I mean, you know. Well, I'm just thinking like those those 3D you know dimensional maps they have on Prometheus and on um, on Covenant would have been really handy on the Nostromo. You know, oh, yeah. that would have been very helpful. Yes, <laughs> super helpful. Like Although Dallas, every everyone would probably be okay. You no, know, probably, you not. Have, probably not. Probably not, because we've yeah. seen what happens time and time again. We just well, it's 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 the same in all of Romero's films. It's the people's stupidity and curiosity and and you know greed that ends up killing them, not the actual yeah. monsters. So. And I actually don't object too much to stupidity. It it really is, um, mm -hmm. it really is the film. <laughs> when the film demonstrates something, but when it over explains that to us, it, it takes any, and I really think covenant, I give it a tip of the hat. It, it, cause the stupidity is the captain's stupidity. He, the, the, the fact that they're even there in the first place is where this all went wrong. You can trace it all the way back to the first act, just like King Lear 
this was all going to happen. You had no choice once you made this decision. Yep. And so you know, what happens yeah. to the rest of them is just sort of, it's unfortunate. They don't make all the best decisions. They're tripping over things and shooting themselves with their own guns. I mean, <laughs> all the dumbest crap that can possibly happen happens. But yeah. but in Covenant, it does feel a little less choreographed and a little less um, telegraphed than it is in Prometheus, which in Prometheus really, really frustrates me. So in this movie, it, it doesn't so much because these guys don't act stupid until they do. And they really are. I, I mean, I, Simon's in a Jogo, what they go through, like I can't even imagine. I can imagine being so petrified that I wouldn't let my friend out of quarantine you know, no, not because of the rules, but because I would didn't want to be exposed to whatever the f was in there, and I just feel like like that's a horrible feeling to think that you would do that. And no, I, I mean, looking looking back on it, it is it is it's harrowing that whole sequence, you know. And and I can't blame them for reacting the way they do. It's just the fact that they reacted so viscerally, so quickly, rather than professionally. Yeah, not necessarily that they're stupid. That they that it took. Literally, yeah. that the whole second. thing uh, from an alien standpoint is on fast forward, and and that sequence that's the thing that it suffers from. That's the yeah. thing that the whole thing suffers from. It's like, well, I mean, I I'm so so the, glad it we doesn't. It it has a slow first act like all the rest of these have, but it it doesn't have the patience with the the kernel horrific ideas that the original film has. Yeah, well, or I mean, that I'm, the second film we... is wise enough to just not oh, wow. show that time passing like yeah. not including that in the story it's a clever idea so but i'm I'm glad we 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 you chose to do these because it's like i'm I'm so thrilled that i revisited prometheus and i have a newfound um appreciation for it and that i finally got to see um covenant and it was nowhere near as bad as i was expecting like it was it was enjoyable had like we we discussed a lot of problems but it was yeah it was enjoyable and i'm glad that i kind of have that you know completion of the whole franchise, you know, and, but I, I'm Jones into like you do, like maybe look at Prometheus in another year and, and see what comes of it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't get better. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that second time you watch it is the magic time. So I'm glad you got to experience that this week because it really is. It's, it, it was for me, it's precisely what you say. It's, I didn't like Prometheus cause such and such and such and such. I know that about it. Now I'm watching it and now yeah. I can accept what's really glorious about it because I, I just, I'm not being annoyed or surprised by these things that I knew I didn't like that, yeah, yeah. that second time through doesn't, you don't get to, you don't find more and more and more. Prometheus is a great movie in that you find more and more and more, the more you study about it, that, that, um, mm. that, fact that some idea of human evolution happening to the point of creating a messianic figure that we then destroyed and that that pissed <laughs> the engineers off enough to come I mean, it's you don't have to be religious in fact i think the film doesn't come out on the religious side of the argument either of these films to enjoy them but i think that 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 faith and religion are are ingrained in the dna of these prequels is one of the most interesting things about them and not one of the yes. lamest things about them and just and it also creates this visual imagery that goes along with it that ridley put into his story that just is is stunning um so of those things i love about it i am at this point 
because I feel like he's made two movies that are really disappointments. So at this point, do I want another Ridley film to tie it all together? I mean, I think I do. We're on the verge of maybe that happening. So I, I'm not well because there's a new, there's an Alien series now in development. Correct? Is it Fede Alvarez that's doing it? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That um, I'm not interested in at all. I don't want to visit these things every week amongst love triangles and other TV show I issues. I know, but I we'll we'll see. I'm gonna hold judgment, but I I kind of agree with you. I'm kind of now that I've enjoyed Prometheus and didn't dislike um, Covenant, I wouldn't mind seeing some closure, something that's... I keep looking to um, Rogue One and Leia's appearance at the very end. I want that to connect to the Nostromo. The Nostromo. Like, that's what I, in my head, whether I would like it or not... You as want them to put off. a digital Carrie Fisher in the... Exactly, yes. No, but I want that little nugget of, of ultimate connection. Hope. Hope. <laughs> but like something. What do like they that. call that? The uncanny valley? Uncanny valley. You look yeah. a lot like her, but I reject well, you there's entirely. There's something off. Um, yeah. But that's what I want. I want, if, if he is going to do a third, then I'm going to want that little nugget of connection. Yeah. Your bigger connection, but something that. They're like, obligated to do that for us, I think. They have to. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to be really angry. Um, was it always intended as a trilogy? No, it was intended as a prequel that connected all the dots at the end of Prometheus. You can see it. It's right before your eyes. Everything is there that you need. Yeah. Um, then they changed that because they thought they'd have a big hit. And then they wanted to do a series. Then it wasn't a hit. So they had to beg to do a lower budgeted version of a continuation, which they then had to promise would be more grisly and more like an alien film. It's a yeah. miracle all the compromises they had to make creatively just to get Covenant done, that it's and any good at all. It's actually very, yeah. very impressive how good it is. So it's just not as good as you'd want. And both of these movies are kind of like, they're it's stuck in that phase. We live in a one-star, ten-star, best movie ever, worst movie ever culture. And a yeah. lot of the discourse around these two films is best movie ever, worst movie ever. It's these two diametrically opposing viewpoints fighting with each other. And of course, they're, it's, it's, I think to anyone who watches a lot of movies, they're oh, clearly neither. They're in that six out of 10 star sort of rating yeah. area. The and, regions of the soul. Yeah. And that's not bad if they've got things that interest you or that draw you in. I mean, that not every movie's a, a home run and it shouldn't be, yeah. there should be some doubles and some variations yeah. or you get really bored with films really fast, especially monster movies in space. Um, and I guess on that note, digital Leia on behalf of her, on behalf of digital Peter Cushing, um, on behalf of Joel who could not be here. I hope he, hi Joel, we missed you. I hope we did not, miss yeah. you, but we, we did, we did, we okay, did okay, but it though. wasn't the yeah. same. It wasn't that same beautifully linear, linear, lin, linear we, structured we were, thing. We were all over the place, but I think we hit all the major points. So, you know, I think so. I don't think we left out anything that is egregious or awesome about either of them. I think all that at least got in. Yeah. And Michael, you saved me this week. You kept us on schedule. I really appreciate <laughs> you being willing to show up. No, I'm uh, glad we got to talk about Back when we were these. doing the Max movies, he's like, well, I, I could come and do it. I was like, yes, please. I don't want to do one. <laughs> there is a solo Ryan show out there for you guys. You want to hear me talk about 70s conspiracy movies and to settle the great 
Oscar alternative Oscar tie between Barbara Streisand and Catherine Hepburn. You can hear me uh-huh. attempt to do that. That really wasn't. But it's tough. better. It's better to have the the multiple um, viewpoints. I think it's supposed you know? to be a discussion, and we exactly. appreciate everyone who listens to the show. But it became clear years ago, really, that they were not willing to discuss things with us. <laughs> <laughs> They're not interested in that. So we need each other to do that, and it helps. And these are interesting movies. We, I told, we were talking before the show, these were, these were low-hanging fruit in that here it's the Alien franchise, which Michael and I both adore, warts and all. And yeah. it's, it's um, there are great things about them, and there's some terrible things about them. That, embrace that, man. Embrace the mediocrity. Embrace the the three, uh, the two and a half, three out of five rating because that's really where most things live and that yeah. those make for interesting discussions. So don't... Agreed. You know. So, all right, I'm going to play a little song you guys are familiar with. Michael, thanks again. I love you, man. Thank you, Ryan. And, I love you too. And uh, we'll see you next week where we look a little bit more familiar. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan. Remember, all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people, institutions, or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with, unless explicitly stated. None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out.